I'm uh I'm still kind of like pissed about the Warriors game last night. Like it, it, it's I think it's not as much as like um bitching about the refs, which I know a lot of Twitter was all over that. It's more like they gave up 20 turnovers and like I think it was 14 of those turnovers led to points for the Lakers. That shit is like you cannot fucking do that in a playoff game. That pisses me off so much. We lost the game by 3 points. Like and also I mean the technical foul against Draymond was bullshit, but like ugh, it's so frustrating. My eye. Yeah. I literally it's just see, did you see Steph's response when he said that at the end of the game? He just like whatever, man. He just like kind of like threw his hand up and just walked away. Like Yeah. It's just, it, it, I will say it was disappointing, but it was kind of fun to go through the shenanigans of it all again. Dude, that was, <laughs> After these last couple of years, you know what I mean? That was so much fun. It was probably going to be, I would say probably going to be the, the best, the funnest playoff game to watch. That might be the best game of the year game. at the end of it all. Yeah, maybe. I mean, definitely, I would probably, I would argue that it's probably going to be the best playoff game. But yeah, it was, it was insane. At the end of the day. You know, we have to win t- tomorrow, so that's that's the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I think I would rather play a Jazz team without Donovan Mitchell than a, a really good Suns team right now, though, to be honest with you. Smoked him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we beat the Suns too, but yeah, anyway. See, we're, we're delaying the inevitable talk of the A's, even though this is an A's podcast, because uh, the series sucked mm-hmm. against Houston. Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is still a baseball podcast. So welcome to the town tailgate this week. Julio did the introduction, kind of. What's up? You do the introduction every once in a while. I feel like every once in a while. Yeah. Anyways, Julio, Julio. Chris, back at you again for another week of Oakland A's baseball talk. Um, Let's jump right into it, Julio. The big three this week. Uh, (laughs) So we had two more no hitters. No one cares, of course. I I mean it's just it's like it's so I don't even know I I feel bad not <coughs> like caring more about these no hitters but at the same time like this is just where the game's going because the morons over in New York running the league don't like know what they're doing so it's like maybe it's good that I don't care cuz it's going to show them like whatever you're doing it's not working uh this so to n- make sure we don't confuse anybody there's four topics or that we're actually talking about in the big three this week, but these two are kind of tied in together yeah. because um, it, it feels like we're repeating this every other week. And yeah, two no-hitters happen. Uh, Spencer Turnbull from the Detroit Tigers. I was going to say Pistons. And then uh, Corey Kluber, he, the Yankees. He no-hit the Seattle Mariners, who um, have, in the last 57 games, the team as as a whole is hitting 150, 193. As a whole, and, the last 57 games, that's what they're hitting. It's They're incredibly on the downhill. It's bad. And then uh, Corey Kluber no-hit his former team, no, not Cleveland, Texas. Yeah. Remember, he was a Texas Ranger for like seven innings. Also, the same night as Corey Kluber bobblehead day at Texas because they still had all of his bobbleheads. That's so from great. last year. That's so great. That's amazing. So, out of the the six, you know, six no hitters this season, two have been against Cleveland, two again have been against Seattle, yeah. and two have been against Texas. Uh, even Clayton Kershaw. 
you know, he's thrown a no-hitter. I think he's done a perfect game. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Even he's come out saying, like, no-hitters are great. I'm a pitcher. I love them. Mm-hmm. But if they're happening at this high frequency, this is a huge problem. Yeah. And, like, uh, even though at the top I, like, you know, I made my pitch about how MLB is doing something wrong, at the end of the day, I don't even know if you can necessarily blame this on MLB. I mean, they took some of the juice <laughs> out of the balls, and they're a lot more flat. But at the same time, like – especially a no-hitter, I feel like that's more on the pitcher and just how all these pitchers are throwing gas, you know? Like, I mean, just blowing by guys. I don't know. I would have to look up the average velocity of the no-hitter pitchers that of this season. I don't know that. So maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but that's the immediate thought process where to where I go as an educated baseball fan, you know? That's the only thing I can think of. Well, I was going to say the quality of teams, but it's like, you know, Seattle has has, has sure. been competitive. They're starting to fall off, like you said. They still and have then, some young talent. Uh, yeah, and Cleveland's playing pretty good ball this year. Uh, well, we're going to see. We've talked about this before, but when we get to the CBA agreement for the offseason, I think this can be like a very spicy topic. The rumors of pushing the mound back, because that might make a difference. You got anything else before we move on? Because this, this again, this is going to take us some time. I I don't want to get started on the mound shit because I'll go all day. I don't agree with that, but no, I'm good. Let's move on. <laughs> so I think before we start this too, uh, we made a huge discovery this week. As you know, may know, Chris is uh, I wouldn't say for the lack of better words, anti-boomer. Until we just found out. That our good friend Tony LaRusso was born in 1944. <laughs> and according to the definition of the term boomer, it's 1945. So he was born even before a boomer. <laughs> so I didn't even know that generation still lived. But I didn't know. I mean, I mean, the, Paul McCartney. I didn't know. I think he's the same age. Yeah, I didn't know what the like birth cutoff yeah. was. Damn, he's that old. He's older than my dad. My dad's old as fuck. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. When you told me that, that was pretty funny. But um, anyway, yeah. keep going. Yeah, so this is what happened this week. If you did not hear the news, the Chicago White Sox were visiting the Minnesota Twins. It was a complete blowout. At this time, I think it was like 14-4. to four. Mm. It was the bottom of the eighth or, or top of the eighth, something like that. They had uh, La Tortuga, you know, Williams, Estadio, out there pitching, so a position player was out there pitching. Um, he was literally just throwing lollipops out there, forty-eight mile per hour stuff, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, he gets a he has a three zero count going against Yerman Mercedes, the White Sox rookie. He's he would carry the team. DH. He's been carrying the team for the first few weeks, and they're kind of struggling at the gate. Yeah. And homeboy just took it deep, straight to center field. Well, uh, Tony Larusa did not like that. Here are some quotes from the man himself. Big mistake. The fact that he's rookie and excited helps explain why he was clueless. But now he's got a clue. Took several steps from the dugout onto the field, yelling, take, take, take. The way he was set up, it looked to me he was going to swing. I was upset because not I was upset because that's not a time to swing 3-0. I knew the twins. I knew the twins knew I was upset. He missed a 3-0 take sign. With that kind of lead, that sportsmanship and respect of your own opponent. So the following day, uh, obviously this blew up. 
Yerman more or less came out. I was like, hey, I'm not going to change who I am, which don't. Mm. That's tight. Good for you. Uh, well, the following day, the they played again against each other. And, <laughs> excuse me, Tyler Duffy, no relation to Dan Duffy, I think. Uh, he was a reliever for the Twins. Uh, he threw behind... Um, he threw behind Yerman Mercedes. He gets tossed, and now he got suspended for two games. Didn't he and throw? Antonio, I thought he hit him. He didn't hit him. Uh, he didn't hit him. He oh. missed. He threw behind him. Interesting. Um, but then he pretty much came out and was just like, you know, whatever's going to come to him, he he more or less kind of that's off quote, but he he kind of deserves what's coming to him. Yeah. Fuck that. Wow. If my manager didn't, like, back me up, like, I'd be so fucking pissed. I mean, they already kind of had issues with him coming into the season. Like, I think Tim Anderson had said some things about that when the hire happened. But, like, dude, you got to you gotta have – okay. Anyway, sorry, keep going. But you got to have your – Oh, exactly. Sorry, back, I got the – yeah. You got to have your dudes back. I got, I got the exact quote said, I don't have a problem with how the Twins handled it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, it just, I mean, I don't have a problem with how the Twins handle it. Like, get the fuck out of here, you old fuck. Like, do you, like, you, uh, just, uh, oh, my God. It just the amount of just disrespect that this dude constantly has towards, like, just regular life. It's just insane. I, I, I don't, I, I didn't support it in the beginning. Look, it's all great that he won a World Series in 1989 off the shoulders of steroids. Um, Cool. Uh, and uh yeah, and allegedly cocaine, yeah um, allegedly allegedly but allegedly, allegedly i mean i there's never really been a soft spot in my heart for this guy i didn't grow up with teams managed <laughs> by him so it's like maybe it's just lost on me a little bit there's no there's no love lost there um that it yeah that's ridiculous i mean i i understand you have to address it in the post game so that's fine go ahead and and, and address it and and say your piece that you didn't agree with it, but don't like completely throw him under the bus. Like say something like, you know, he's a kid. He's learning. Like, you know, we're working through it. Um, wasn't crazy about his decision, but, um, you know, it's something that he'll learn and we'll teach him. And, you know, it's part of the growing process. Like that's probably the best way to go about it. Not just being like, I don't, you know, I'm okay with how they handle it. You know, they fucked up. I don't know. Whatever. That's bullshit. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, another quote we got is from Lance Lynn of uh, the, ace uh, right now the white Sox yeah. said when the position players out there there's no rules man he's like the more i play this game the more those unreal rules have gone away yeah totally remark totally the russo's remarks lance has a locker i have an office i don't agree <laughs> big mad big mad oh, uh tim God. anderson came out and supported him he's like yo keep swinging baby mm -hmm. that's what you do and that's what it comes down to man look unreal rules Whatever. I don't care. Mm -hmm. This is a 28-year-old rookie yeah. who's been a career minor leaguer. He's finally getting his chance. He's going to be... I think he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season or he has some sort of an arbitration coming at the end of the season. Do whatever you can to build up those numbers so when you go on... If you want to go get a contract, yo, this is what I got. Mm -hmm. Like This is what I had going for the season. And now you have a manager who's kind of going to punish you, supposedly. And Bill Russo has been kind of an idiot with him a lot of the season, too. Um, he is he came up as a catcher, but Larissa doesn't believe in him as enough as a catcher. 
to kind of play there. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if somebody's hitting the swaz he has throughout the season, you're going to find a way to get this guy at least somewhat decent somewhere in the field so you can play him no matter what, especially in these National League games. Yeah, It's just so, so, like, egregious. It's just so gross that this guy, like, LaRusa is just so out of touch realizing, like, at the end of this day, like, this guy might not be able to. This guy not, might be playing for the a lot game. Longer. Is just we so, don't know. It's just so past him, you know. Like the game is just so moved past him, and he just so out of touch, and it it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it, it's gonna take to to get him out of the game, but like it's just like it's clearly evident, like for the first two months of his managerial career with the, with this team that he's just so out of touch with what's going on in this game. And he's part of the problem. You know, he's part of the problem with baseball is like, they keep bringing guys like that back and being like, it's going to help the game. Like we get these old legends back. It's like, do you think a 12 year old watching baseball gives two flying fucks on who, who Tony LaRusso is? No, they have no idea who that is. Like, I don't know. I mean, you want to get a younger audience and you got to get people like this out. I want to, I want to ask you this historically throughout, let's say this last 20 years, because we've seen this, not just in baseball, it's happened to football. It's happening to our team right now in football, really. It's happened in basketball. How many times have those coaches, those managers who took a huge gap, decided they're going to come back. Mm -hmm. How many of them have been successful? The only person I can think of is Larry Brown. But also that Pistons team was like, you know, shout out to Ben Wallace getting to the Hall of Fame this year. That Pistons team was like a whole other level. Like I can't think of Larry Brown. Any other- hold on, hold on, hold on. Larry Brown was an extremely successful coach for Kansas in the late '80s, early '90s, and then he went to the Pist or um, the Pacers, and he led them to an Easter Conference Finals like three, like three times. Um, right, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I thought he took a longer break. No, no, At, my mistake. But pretty much after the Pistons, he kind of fell <laughs> off. But no, he was a pretty successful coach for like f- twenty years. Or think of like Joe Gibbs. Remember, he retired yeah. and then he came back yeah. twelve years later and was just kind of washed. Dude, Do off you know, the top of my head, yeah, that's a tough one. Like this, it never worked. It rarely works out when you kind of take. Yeah. You know, let's see what happens with Dusty Baker. But even still, Dusty's like been managing in this last decade in multiple teams. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd really have to think on that. Do you see this team just pretty much pulling a few mutiny, being like, we're not going to listen to you. Um, we're just going to play the way we're going to play because it's working. And has been. They've been light. They've been pretty killer to start now since after kind of a sluggish start. They're in first in the American League Central, I think. Because um, they just have too much talent, man. It kind of sounds yeah, like the, too the, that's what they're doing now. It kind of sounds like that. Literally, like with Tim Anderson going and supporting his player, and 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 all these, and you know Lance Lynn and all these guys. Like, kind of sounds like it's already happening. And they're just gonna be like, yeah, they have the, if we're they gonna have win the it, we're gonna record. win it without you. They have the best record in the American League. Yeah, but, so. but that's just because they have so much fucking talent. You know, like yeah. if they had a legit manager, they'd be dominating the American League right now. Uh, over under last thing and then we'll move on mm. over under th- three weeks until we talk about him again we talk about la Russa. uh under. actually two and a half under. two and a half oh you're gonna say it's gonna be able to talk about him again for some reason yeah I, I maybe over two and a half maybe over no under i'll take the under unders okay yeah yeah okay. yeah i'll have to write that down somewhere now 
this this last week in baseball was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a ton of stuff going on. But this was kind of a weird thing that is just real inconvenient. So the, the Minnesota Twins, we just talked about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are currently the worst team in the American League, which is bizarre because they've been one of the best teams consistently these last few years. And what, what's not helping is what they've just had to go through. Uh, as a record, their best player is hurt. Yeah, Byron Buxton was off yeah. to like insane star, got hurt. But yeah. Um, as we're recording this uh, Thursday night, they had a game in Chicago on Wednesday. Mm. They flew to Anaheim and had a doubleheader to make up for a COVID skipped game. Mm. And then they're flying to Cleveland tomorrow to have a three game series against Cleveland. Yeah. It's just a total clusterfuck because they, because they, the COVID shit. Like, it's just. I don't know. I mean, I understand you have to fit these games in somewhere, and because, you know, they had the postponement to the Angels who aren't in their division, so it's not like necessarily a um, uh, a common series that, that that's going to happen again where you can fit it in there, so you have to do it somewhere. But why wouldn't you fit it in with a West Coast road trip? Like, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Like, at least somewhat of a West Coast road trip, like, like you're gonna have them fly across the country in three days. Like that just sounds exo- that's just fucking stupid. It's just dumb. Like it's just this very stupid part on on Major League Baseball front office. Or just have them take advantage of the All Star break and maybe have them start up a day early or something like that, or a day yeah, later. Yeah, that's not a good. But, that's not a bad idea either. Or like yeah, just doing a West Coast road trip. It doesn't make like they the Twins were just in Oakland. What two weeks? Last week, two weeks ago. Or, or you, or you, they should have planned the schedule before the season. Like maybe given given like four days at the end of the season for makeup games. Like knowing that there is a possibility with COVID going on that we could have multiple teams with postponed games. So let's like delay the playoffs for like three or four days, and then we'll we'll make up these games. Like that probably <laughs> would have been a smarter move too. It I don't know, they don't think. You know, I, you kind of bring up another a point with this, and it's that uh, the MLB scheduling just seems really weird this year. Yeah, it does. If you because like after we're, we're going to talk a little bit more in, in our segment coming up, but if you look at the A schedule, they've played every team in the American League East except for the Yankees, mm-hmm. and the only American League West team they've played this whole time has been Houston, and they've played Houston three different times. Yeah. And it's the end of May, or you know, almost the end of May. We're gonna get the Angels this weekend, but still, like, how did that happen? Usually, you want to get those. Especially, I thought they were gonna be a little more restrictive about how far they're gonna having teams travel. Still, right now, um, it just doesn't make sense. I don't. I, I know it used to be like this old couple. They used to do like the MLB schedules. They would make them out, and I think now that's just all like a. A cal- uh, arithmetic thing that did use it just doesn't make sense. Stupid. I don't. I don't know enough about the schedule making process to make an educated guess on that, but it it definitely feels like it doesn't make much sense for us this year. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look up the Astro schedule because um, it's going to be important later on uh, when we talk about that. But yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, just playing one team in our division in the first two months of the league or the season makes no sense. Yeah, which again we'll yeah. get into that more in depth uh, after this. Um, moving on. 
we wanted to talk about the Giants here because the Giants are. F- I don't know what is going on with the Giants. They it, they are literally like an island of misfit toys. So they have the best record in all of baseball at twenty eight and sixteen. They're a game up on the on the Padres. They are two and a half games up on the Dodgers in the in the NL West, which is arguably I would make the argument the best division in all of baseball. Their star player who you can argue is a star, but their best player, Mike Yastrzemski, has been hurt. Uh, he just got back, and their run differential is plus 57. Plus 57. That's a thing. Um, I mean, they scored 19 runs today against, against, the, uh, against the Reds, which I watched on YouTube, which was kind of fun. I, I don't – I mean, and the funny thing about it is they're trotting out the same crew. It's Brandon Belt. It's Buster Posey. It's Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford's having like the season of his life right now with ten home runs. It's Maney. It's all shortstops and home runs. Yeah, I mean, but I'm going to warn everybody now. Listen to this podcast. This is not sustainable. If you look at the talent on their team, I'm telling you right now. You, I'm sure Giants fan will disagree with me, but Giants fans don't know anything about baseball. They're bandwagon fans. (laughs) I had to get my jab in there. Um, It's not going to be sustainable. I hope that they make the playoffs because I like watching them play baseball, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's really weird. Um, To counteract that, I think there's some things that are sustainable. Um, It's been awesome, 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 awesome to see Buster hitting again. Having him being healthy and having him actually performing again. Um, I don't Sitting have his out numbers. Sitting last season was probably very helpful so, to him. But Buster is like back it's been so much fun he's yeah. like for the for the last 10 years you know i'm a big giant hater but he's still been like one of my favorite players throughout that time yeah, for sure it's been fantastic seeing him out there uh the rotation is killer mm-hmm. you're talking about like the island of misfit toys that's their whole rotation yeah. alex wood was an all-star a few years ago at the dodgers cast off kind of lost his place and now he's got a 157 era or somewhere around johnny there. cueto um, late in his life kevin gaussman um kevin gaussman was nobody yeah. was getting lit up in baltimore yeah. now he's a fucking ace anthony discafani was this hot shot prospect at the reds then he kind of just fell off gets picked up yeah it's they're really doing what they have been doing with moneyball and and they're doing it for the next generation right now is what they're and now they have and also they have money so they're going to be willing to spend. Mm. Um, you know, we even if you on Twitter and you see some Giants fans there, Farhad Tahiti man, freaking kudos that guy's built a team right now. Um, I think Billy he's Bean's got like proteges. the yeah, uh, I think he's got like the perfect manager for him with Gabe Kapler who um, it didn't work out with Philly because Philly seemed like a pretty traditionally ran organization and yeah. they didn't want to do some of the weird things that he was doing and that's how he got fired. Mm-hmm. But guess what? San Francisco is willing to take those risks. And they're, so I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to win this division. I don't even know if they're going to no. get in a wild card spot because it's like, cool. Even if you can't pass the Padres, the Dodgers, you still have to deal with, you know, the Mets are playing better. The Braves are not going to continue to be under 500. Yeah. Um, the Brewers and Cardinals are going at each other's throats. Philly's playing good baseball as well. The, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Chicago. I think it no put them past. I, I. It's a long season ahead, and, it, and we're only f- almost sixty games in. Like, you know, well, if you twenty twenty, 
you're 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 the betting man here. Would you bet them at least a wild card game? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't place that bet. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And well, we'll I would see. have to yeah, look. Gotta... I would have to look more at like what their schedule was this past year or this past so far this season, and then compare them with like schedules of like the Cubs and and you know and other teams that are in in the running to really like make an educated decision. But like off the top of my head, no. If you had to put a gun in my head and say like, are you gonna bet this right now? That well, actually, it depends on what the odds are. That's that's the real answer. Uh, if the odds are good, if it's like if it's like plus seven hundred, then like yeah, I'm gonna throw a couple bucks on that. Why wouldn't I? But if they're not that good, then no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that. Actually, uh, keep going about this for a second. I'm gonna look these lots up for you. All right. So I think the most intriguing thing about the Giants is Evan Longoria. I think he had a decent season the first season he was there, but he pretty much hasn't done much since then and they're kind of stuck with him um if i remember correctly they have like three more years on his contract because he signed that massive deal with the rays so if they do play well this year and they could do to go to the wild card what are they going to do with him are they going to dump him at the end of the year and get a like a real third baseman to compete or are they going to keep him like I, that that is a very fascinating situation um that's kind of brewing there also their number one prospect, Joey Bart, is going to be ready. He probably is ready now. I thought it was really weird that they didn't bring him up last year. Um, and are they going to bring him up to play catcher? And is Buster going to move to first? Like all these things are looming. That that. And then where do you, where do you move Belt? Do you bring Belt back? Do you want to bring? Belt I think he's going to be a free agent. Now. Yeah. So it's like it's like do you just let him walk? You know, there's just a lot of interesting questions that if they do play well, could be some tough decisions in the off season. But if they don't play well, it should be pretty cut and dry. Uh, for the record, too, uh, Giants to win the division, plus 1,400. Plus 1,400. Wow. Those are – oh, for the division, not to make the playoffs? Yeah. No, no uh, my, and my MGM does not have – Playoff? A, to yeah. win the division, no, I'm not taking that. Plus 1,400 no, still, still doesn't – it doesn't wet my beak enough. Um, all right, let's move on to A's news. Um, another uh, victim to the to the injured list, unfortunately, Mitch Mitch Moreland. He's heading the DL. He had a minor rib injury. It's not quite like a cracked or broken rib. Um, I there's a very scientific word for it. I could not. Um, I I didn't even think it was worth saying it on this podcast uh, when I looked it up. But let's just say he's got a fucked up rib and he should be back in ten days. It's simple as that. So they brought up my boy Luis Berea. Um, I think we saw him today, didn't we? I turned off the game. He played yesterday as well. Yesterday, how, how did he do? I, I, don't, yeah. I didn't pay attention. I uh, I don't think he did much. Yeah, but he's he's he was he's out more there. or less just like a fill in a roster spot. Um, you know, one of the outfield guys are probably gonna take that hole. I think um, I think Jed Lowry was the DH yesterday. Get him some rest, and Tony Tony Kemp played. Played second, so it's probably going to be more or less some like a rotation of like Piscotti, Lowry, and uh, and Pinder, um, just to get those at bats. So I wouldn't really look too much into uh, the Luis Berea, um call. Yeah, up. he he went zero for one. Zero for one. Yeah, the strikeout. It's yeah. just it's just to uh, fill a roster spot in case they need him. Simple as that. Yeah, and, and I think it, and it, it's just hopefully I'm hoping you know knock on wood if you're with me. All these injuries are just getting out of the way right now. Yeah. Because if you look at since the start of the season, we've had Lazardo, Fires, Wendelkin, Pinder, 
Moreland, Garcia, um, Bert Smith. At, you know, and obviously Rosenthal, we haven't seen him pitch yet. Yeah. They've been hit pretty hard. Thankfully, uh, again, knock on wood, Chappie hasn't had any injuries that put him on the IL. Matt Olson's been having some funky stuff happen with him. Same thing there. Same thing with Murph. Yeah. But thankfully, the core too. guys are good. Yeah. Ramon. Yeah. Um, and no, Piscotia, everybody's getting hurt. Uh, I think they need a, some good juju or yeah. I need to at least pay up for their health staff or something like that. <laughs> um, so the Howard terminal proposal has been moved to um, the hearing for the city council moved to July 20th. Um, we will get more to you when we know they're really, ha- we talked in depth about this last episode. There's not really much more to report here except for that. I, you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to say anything, Julio, but I just don't, I, I, it's just, I feel like we're beating a dead drum until we get some more information. Yeah. And, there was a story, not really a story, but a tweet. I forgot who was the source of it. But they're saying that um, some of the city council meetings they've had lately, the latest last few days, mm-hmm. have been optimistic. Um, it sounds like they're kind of willing to do some stuff with them. We, obviously, we, we're not going to know anything. Yeah. But it it seems like their voice, the voices of people are getting heard. So for those of you who are going out there and making your voice heard. If you're this member, if you live in Oakland um, and you have, you were able to use your voice to kind of I've said voice a lot. Anyways, keep doing what you're doing. Just even, you know, to transition to our next topic with them. Speaking of drum, the Oakland drummers, you may know them as the Oakland, Oakland 68s. Uh, if you notice on Tuesday night's game, it was very, very quiet. And why was that? They protested the game. Mm-hmm. How they pro and they put out a statement I mean, and everything could, on Twitter, and it was retweeted by all the beat writers to make it known the reason why they were not drumming that night. Um, pretty well known organization. They've been with around the team for years and years and years, and there's a lot of them. I didn't even know that there, there's like fucking like a hundred of them. I didn't even realize there was that many. Yeah. Um, uh, and- yeah. And uh, we're not going to read the full excerpt of what it's they wrote, long, yeah. um, but I'll just give you the main quote from uh, Jorge Leon. He is the president of the 68s. When last week's news came out about the A's and investing, investigating options as a, outside of Oakland, we were all devastated. As fans, we are angry, heartbroken, and confused. As residents and taxpayers of Oakland and cities in the greater East Bay, we are deeply concerned about what this would mean for the future of our region. I grew up going to A's game. Now I'm bringing my own two small children to the bleachers. I can't imagine them growing up without a team. Um, you know, we and then from Anson Castanares, I'm assuming he's another member. We express our love for the team and players with our drums, chants, and banners. So it seems right to us to express our feelings this way at a game. Mm. It's not a sign that we don't want our players back. It means that this team and our players matter deeply the most, you know. Silent protests, which is from, know, kudos. From what I read from all the members they interviewed and like statements, it was it's mostly a statement towards the team than it is the city. Um, just saying, like, yo, bro, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> to put it in go, do, like, hey, you're gonna move. Go. Yeah, yeah, well, it's like, well, you're gonna move. Well, get used to this kind of environment. Yeah, yeah. This is what your world can look like without Oakland. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's it, bro. I think that's it for, and then we'll we'll go to break. Yeah, or do you have anything more to touch on? Oh, I did want to say, um, shit, I forgot. Fuck, we're talking about classic Chris. No, we're talking about Howard Terminal. It's gonna come into my mind in five seconds. Talk about Howard Terminal. We're talking about. Um, oh, so KMBR has been very vocal on their Twitter lately about like talking about the stadium situation. And they've been bringing on people to talk about it. And it's beginning a lot of airtime. And I'm here to say, I'm not here for that. Fuck that. KMBR, you can go fuck yourself. I'm not, like, like for real, that shit fucking pisses me off. Like, they want to talk about the A's now when this shit's happening. Like, they only want to talk about that, about the stadium move and about, like, that situation. Look, we all know the Giants own part of your, your station. So we all know there's a little bit of a propaganda here. And I'm not here for it. Like, I'm just, I just, that pissed me off and I want to say something. And I think a lot of A's fans will get behind me in that statement that I just said. Anyway. No, man. For sure. Like, I, I feel it. Dude, I'll be honest. I barely listened to KBR growing up a lot because, like, I didn't have strong radio reception in Antioch. <laughs> they actually have pretty strong radio reception. Um, maybe as a kid, not as much. But now, like, you can you can get it, like... Yeah, you can audio stream it, whatever. I mean, I used to listen to KMBR every once in a while when they were talking about the fucking Warriors, but they don't even talk about the Warriors that much. Like, it's like Giants offseason, they talk about the Giants. Anyway, I'm just, I'm not here for it, man. That shit pisses me off, and I'm like, just fuck off. Like, that that, that station can go fuck off. Cool. Anyway, we'll move on. That's Chris's rant of the week well dude they're having they're having alex on tonight they already had her on she was supposed to be on at eight o'clock to talk about the stadium situation a week later like the the news cycle is over like it's kind of like it's kind of quieted down on the western front when it comes to when it comes to the stadium situation and they're still fucking chucking grenades trying to like see what they can get like no man like fuck that I'm, i'm 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 not i'm not doing that so, thank you very much for listening to the first part of this podcast. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about some interesting stats with the A's season so far. Specifically, um, their run differential because it doesn't make any sense with the record. So, stick around and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Sorry, everybody, for the rant. I saw that right before we went on you air. No need to apologize. And I wanted to talk about it. But at the same time, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm here. This is this is part of what I do. I this is a part about, of Chris's therapy. I either bitch and talk shit about the Giants or I bitch and talk shit about Boomers. It's just like what I it's like Chris Town Tailgate one oh one. So for the new listeners, uh if you hate those two things, you're gonna like our podcast. Alright. <laughs> Julio just gave two thumbs up for the audio listeners. Um so yeah. All right, we're going to move on to a segment called What's the Run Differential Between Me and You? Because you, it's dramatically different. Did I butcher that? Butcher that? You got to do the, you got to do like the song, you know, the What's the Run Differential? What's the Run Differential Between Me and You? You did that even, I'm not even. What's the Run Differential Between Me and You? Boom. Um, For those of you that don't know, that's a reference to what's the difference by Dr. Dre. Anyways. Exactly. Um, So, A's fans, um, we we were in first place. We're not anymore after that shit show of a series that we just put ourselves into. Um, But we're going to get into that in a second. It's part of this. Um, Our run differential for the season is minus 18. 
uh, before today, it was like minus twenty seven or something like that. It, it it was I think I think it was worse, which that doesn't make sense because we lost by a shit ton of runs today. I could have sworn it was worse, Julio. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping. Um, it's historically bad though for a team that's in first place, and we are in like first place in like all of Major League Baseball a week ago, and our run differential was in the minus. Um, we have a lot of theories behind this. Um, Julio has. I'll let you give your theory first because I think that makes a lot of sense, especially like going through the schedule and looking at the score. It's like, yeah, I think that's it. Anyway, so you can so you can take it away first. We are the only us and the Mets are the only two teams that are above five hundred that have a negative run differential. So what gives? Here's my theory: when the A's win. It's a short margin. It's a small margin. But when they lose, they fucking lose. Yeah. Uh, here's a case point. Over the last 10 games, or the last 10 A's wins. Stat attack. Boop, 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 boop. Stat attack. To the, the JTA, though. Um, over the last 10 A's wins, their run differential has been plus 21. Right? It's good. Over the last 10 A's losses... It's been negative uh, 38. Oh, my God. That's such a massive difference. Oh, man. There, now, a lot of people who... Plus 21, I was like, oh, damn. That's yeah, that's good. It's like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, because when they win a lot, it's... it's Okay, so if you want to do by the numbers of it all, right? Um, uh, 21 runs divided by 10 games. You're looking at, like, they're winning by an average of two runs. Whereas when they're losing, they're losing by 3.8 runs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot, another thing that's been going on, if I'm, I'm on baseball Reddit all the time, and they do like a lot of fan, like graphs are saying like, hey, this is where if your team is here, that means you have poor pitching, but you have good offense or good offense, good pitching, bad offense. And they're saying that the A's are a bad team because their strength of schedule has been pretty whack, which... Um, you can agree with in some sense. Their their win percentage as of tonight of the teams they've played against combined is 395. Now, keep in mind, here's the, the bad teams they've played. Detroit, who um, up to that point, you know, Detroit's actually been pretty hot the last 10 games. But um, when we played them that series, they've actually had pretty decent offense. Baltimore, same thing, even though they're bad. And then the Twins, who just don't list, don't look at the Twins record. They're a good team. Just, you know, they're in a funk. But then you have to look about the teams we have played that are good. Tampa, uh, Houston, three times. Um, Toronto, Boston, Dodgers. Um, I think that I think that's actually everybody. And then the, we play the D-backs. So oh, and the D-backs, yeah, yeah. When they've played the good teams, they've played the really fucking good teams. Not just yeah. like, hey, middle of the pack, you know, here, here comes the Cleveland Indians or someone like that. No, they're playing really, really, really good teams. And, well, hold on. What, what was the comment they said on Reddit about the run about um, the strength of schedule? That our schedule is easy. That they're saying we are underperforming as a team. That uh, it's, it's you know based on our schedule, big, based on the strength of schedule winning percentage, they are underperforming at this team. But I think that's that's hard to say because like if it's like I said, Detroit has looked. Good and flashes. They're obviously not a good team, but you can see why they're playing upset. 
and even you know Baltimore, the same thing. Um, but we so we swept Detroit. We ran into Baltimore's ace twice, but we. Let's see what is. Uh, let me pull that up. And, but we beat them three games to one, and then then we split a series. I mean, I I I mean, oh no, we lost we lost two of them the second time. I don't know. I mean, who look was that, uh, just, that? No, that it was look. I'm paraphrasing this. I I couldn't tell you the exact numbers behind it. But they're just saying, like, they're underperforming, which is, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell. Like, obviously, we're, we're numbers people. You believe in the analytics. But yeah. when you're looking at this Baltimore teams, everyone's like, okay, I know they're not a good team, but they still have those flashes of being a really great team. Whereas if they were to be losing like this to Texas, I'd be like, yo, this is dog shit. What is going on? This is really yeah. bad. But they haven't been. Uh, another big reason why this run differential, <laughs> run differential is so bad, and we've kind of been talked about this. I'm not sure if on the pod or offline. Um, during that 0 6 start, the A's were outscored 13 to 50. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that's definitely inflating the numbers a little bit. That 0 6 start. That and I, I, that's definitely overlooked a little bit. But that the first fucking six games of the season, we're playing the Astros and the Dodgers and the Astros again. Like, I mean, I just. Yeah, yeah I, I, it, it's it's a little bit of an overreaction from on Reddit, but because uh, my argument was going to be that our schedule has pretty, been pretty tough, which is the reason why our run different, differential has been so fucking bad. But yeah, when we lose, well, we get our asses kicked. That's that's it. That's pretty and the thing, and they and when they win, it's not by a lot, and yeah. because they've played some really tough teams. Like yeah. I don't think any of those Tampa games were won by more than one or two runs. Those were all really tight games. One run, three runs, and then lost by one run. Uh, yeah. They, they've been yeah. really tight, tight games. And that's why that it's kind of deflates that number is when So except for one game, we won we beat Tampa by one run in all of our wins against them. Yeah. yeah like that's because the first series is the same thing. Which also if you want to feel get a little pet boost if you're feeling you know pessimistic about the A's. The fact that they've won so many of these one-run games should give you some faith that, yeah. you know, the pen is doing their job and, you know, the defense is doing their job because that's kind of like where they make their money or whatever money they do make <laughs> for being an Oakland A. But here's the thing, A's fans. There's some help coming along the way because – the reality of the situation is, what what are, what are you? Doing? Oh, oh, I was doing like finger guns. Oh, oh, well, nice. oh yeah. Oh, there's there's some oh, help coming. Oh, do you want to say something first? Well, no, I think we're on the same page. I just want to see what you're gonna say. Well, there's some help on the way. So our division, other than us and Houston's fucking dog shit. So and we have only played one team in our division this entire season. And where do those top teams typically like run up their record and shit like that? on the shitty teams in their division because you play them 19 to 22 times a season. So upcoming, we have the Angels um, this weekend series, which me and Julio are going to that game on Saturday. The Mariners. Then we play the Angels again, and then we play the Mariners again, and then we play the Colorado Rockies, who aren't good this year, and then we play the Arizona Diamondbacks, who, you know, they're fine. Um, They're okay. And then we play the Kansas City Royals, who they've shown sparks, but they are below 500. And then we play the Angels again. So there's some relief coming in the next two and a half weeks. Um, so if we come back to this in two and a half weeks and our run differential is plus nine or plus 10 
I would not be surprised. And I also would not be surprised if we are in back in first place in the American League because I don't have Houston's – I do have Houston's schedule up here. Just kidding. Um, I forgot that I looked at <laughs> I opened that tab before I, I came on. They have played the Rangers uh, one – um, they played the Rangers once. They've played the Mariners twice. They've played the Angels twice. They have run through these lower echelon teams in our division, and we haven't even touched them yet. So I'm telling you right now, this is not going to be the story in a couple weeks. Um, it is something that we need to touch on because I think A's fans are probably hearing it from all ends, uh, you know, at least ones that are on, on social media and stuff like that. But – I, I'm telling you right now, Julio, this is not going to be a thing. I just want to we're, – we're pretty much at the same point. Yeah. But I want to hammer it down even more. The A's, out of all those teams Chris just named, the A's don't play another team over as, as of right now. You know, Thursday, May 20th, the A's don't play another team that is over 500 until June 18th, and that's the Yankees. Yeah, and then we play the Giants a week after that, but we get a nice little break of the Rangers in between that. Yeah, so. a four-game series against the Rangers, Giants, um, a Rangers three-game series, and then and a three-game to close out the season. All right, no. All-star break. All-star. Right? Basically, the teams over five hundred that we play before the All-star break, Julio, are the Yankees, the Giants, the Red Sox, and the Astros again. But that's very that's like the week and a half before the all-star break. Um, but these next two and a half weeks, we're playing more or less based on their record, not good baseball teams. So if we, there's a reality that we likely will live in where we will run up the run differential and the record in these next two and a half weeks. And as guys, you know, get healthy and are back, you know, penders that too, know. dude, that that's part of it. Yeah. So like, if anything, um, you know, let's take this victory lap. The A's have been this good throughout this first month and half of the season, despite the injuries and despite a really tough schedule, even though the winning percentage doesn't say that. Yeah. So, you know, kudos. Gonna, my inv- I don't know what that was, but you're going to do that. Okay. You're doing the, the, um, the, like the thing that, 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 that A's fan that. that oh yeah. That guy was tight. doing. That he does every time that Sergio Ro- uh, Ro- Romo comes out and he like swings it around during his walk-up song. It's great. I love that guy. Dude. Hey, my if favorite you're that part- guy and you're listening to this podcast, DM us because we want to bring you on the pod and find out why you decided to bring that to games. Um, my favorite part of the A's broadcast now is when they're playing at home and Romo comes out because they play a song yeah. and the whole yeah. the Coliseum just goes nuts. And mm-hmm. it's just like, and guess what? You're not going to get that in Portland or Vegas. You are not. Mm-mm. You are not, John Fisher. You cheap fuck. Anyway, You'll probably get some right. really good food in Portland, and you can probably gamble in Vegas. Oh, but it's not the same. great food in Portland. Woo! Great coffee in Portland. Great beer in Portland. I highly recommend just going to Portland in general, but I don't recommend putting a baseball team in Portland because at least not our baseball as long team. As it's not our team. Yeah, not <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you want you want to move Tampa? Go for it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to give the Rangers another new stadium? Hell yeah. Go for it. Boom. Um, all right. I think that'll wrap up um, run differential. I think we explained it all. There's not really much more. Yeah. So, so let's move on. Long story short, really tough first first month and a half schedule. Quit freaking out, guys. Yeah. Everybody calm down. Let's not lose our composure. That's from uh, old school. 
We got to keep our composure. Anyway, uh, upcoming schedule. We just talked about it, but we'll just we'll say it again. <laughs> the Angels, uh, we head to uh, Anaheim, and we play the Angels uh, this Friday through Sunday. Julio and I will be there on Saturday. Look out for us in uh, the stands. Yes, we are in the, in the nosebleeds. Um, no trout this weekend, so that'll be a little nice. We get to see Otani. He's not going to be pitching, but we get to see Otani. I was going to say, and we don't have to face Otani, so... Oh, do you want to bring up what John... <laughs> What yes, John. John tweet uh, texted you about about the seat. This uh, John, I'm sorry, man. You're fucking delusional. So okay, first off, yeah. So our good friend John Fersh, who is the host of the co-host of Super Halo Bros on the Around the Diamond, yeah, baseball network, the Around the Diamond net podcast network. Make sure to give those folks all a follow, please, at Super Halo Bros on Instagram and Twitter, and Around the Diamond on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, John gave us a breakdown um, of the series, and uh, this is word for word. <clears throat> Trout is out, but the offense is still there and actually fairly complete through the lineup compared to 2017 when Trout was out. I'm a much more confident team that has Otani, Walsh, Rendon, Upton, Taylor Ward has been a nice surprise, and Iglesias has been super consistent, which he's not wrong. Uh, Julio's favorite angel... David Fletcher has not been pesky guy he usually is, but he moved to ninth spot after an injury. He seems to be to himself and getting those hits. Yeah, he's been pretty terrible to start the season. Um, you'll probably face Bundy, Quintana, and Henny. Heaney. They'll do really well. They'll do really ugly. It's Dr. Drack over his side. Uh, bullpen has been fine, but uh, Rasiel Iglesias has been much better in safe situations. I expect either team to take 2-3. Obviously, like to be the Angels, but their, their starting pitching will either be Super solid, or give it away in three innings. Um, bad take. You're, you're John, bro. You're fucking delusional, dude. If you think that, the, I mean, good God. I mean, like, does he even know what the record of the Angels is? Like, I, I'm just so confused on this. Also, you're you're going against James Caprillion, Chris Bassett, and Sean Mania, our three hottest pitchers right now. So good luck, bro. Without Mike Trout, good luck. So we'll see. And if I'm wrong, I'm gonna look like an asshole next week on this podcast. But I just I don't I. James dude. Caprillion with his first start in his home of SoCal, so pretty stoked about that. Chris Bassett's been killer lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Mania, I had a, his last start was rough, but but yeah. Oh, Mania or Mania, his last start was rough. Oh, the Houston game or is are we t- or the Boston one? The Boston one. Yeah. The one where they lost 8-1. to one. He had a rough yeah. first inning. Oh, wait. God, that was his last start? That was like eight no, days ago. Just kidding. Just kidding. Stop. That was not it. Maybe it was Saturday? Hold on. I remember his last start being rough. It, it I'm, I, It's going to take too long to go through this. His last start was rough. I know that for a fact. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it, it, it was it yesterday? No, I'm stalling to try and find You know what's the easy way to kind of figure out uh, how somebody's specific stat line is? I just go on the Yahoo, the fantasy baseball app. That's a, actually a very good idea. Uh, uh, he went, he went six innings. He gave up ten hits, but only three runs. So, oh, oh yeah, that's where he got out of trouble. Yeah, but yeah. still, ten hits. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So it wasn't as bad as I thought. Anyway, our, he's still one of our. He's still, I would say, one of our hottest pitchers right now. I'm just I excited. Said, to I would have told you Frankie again. before yesterday, but that, that wasn't. The thing. Ooh, yeah, I'm mean, first time I've seen the Ace play in almost two years, man. Yeah, it's going to be fun. 
We had a good time. Nice little crew. Um, all right, Julio, who is your player of the week? My player of the week, uh, somebody we've been given a hard time to, and he obviously wasn't the best player of the week. There was somebody who's a little more obvious with that. But I just want to give him a shout-out, Elvis Andrews. Um, he, didn't, he In this last week, he hit 294. He had two walks, one run, hit five singles. He only struck out twice. Um, he's still batting below 200, but I think you're seeing some progress there. He has a he had a little hit streak going on right now. I can't remember if it's still going on at this moment or it ended. Uh, but it's nice to kind of see him getting some of that plate discipline back. And his enthusiasm and his joy is kind of really keeps his team loose and, and flowy. And Better in leadership. Yep, exactly. And hopefully he can continue hitting like this because if he does, it's a huge difference maker at the bottom of the lineup. So Elvis Andrews, you're my dude. He is hitting 350 in his last seven games, has seven hits, two runs, um, and only struck out three times. So he's made a, a massive turnaround. So I like that a lot. Um, Wait, I you, said was three, having, you said 350? In the last seven games, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. OPP is almost four. He's like 394 or something like that. Um, yeah. I was having trouble finding one because I was just disappointed in everybody. But then I remembered a fun little tweet that I had a couple days ago. Sergio <laughs> Romo. Oh. My fucking guy. He's back, boy. He is fucking back. In his last seven games, he has an ERA at 1.4. He has seven strikeouts. He has pitched six innings. He's only given up four hits. Only earned one run. My guy. He's back. He is back, and he's looking good. That slider is looking just, poof. it's just, it's great. And we need him. Uh, we need him. We need him in on down the stretch. So, Sergio Romo, you were my play of the week. Good job. Thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Ramon. No, I looked at Ramon's splits. They're not very good. He's he's still. He, he had that big game against Houston, but that was he it. did. He had that that one game, but but Sergio's had a collection of good games, and and especially. Um, the win that they pulled out um, a couple days ago against on Tuesday night, yeah, I thought yeah, two home runs yeah. and the walk off. He, he was a massive part of of staying in that game, so that was important. It's All like right. I tweet I tweeted from the account. Also, if you're following us, make sure you follow us. Uh, I said I wish I hated. I wish I loved something as much as Ramon hates the Astros. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does hate them. All right. Julio, your essential tailgate tool of the week last week was Mitch Moreland, and he is on the DL, so that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's just shit luck. There's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey. Mine was uh, out of the pack, Mark. Uh, Mark Canna. Uh, three homers, baby. Three big ones. Including um, today. Including today. Uh, he's looking so much better, and he let off today, which was cool. So he's getting Bob's trust back. So they're moving him up. But um, yeah, Mark did good. Who's your ETT this week? I'm going to do go with my guy Matt Chapman this week. Uh, he's been hitting much better over the last couple weeks or so. It looks like he's starting to get some confidence back at the plate. And for some reason, uh, he loves hitting in Anaheim. Um. The, and here's 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 my bold prediction from SoCal. Maybe that's a part of it. Yeah, he's from SoCal. He's from, oh uh, man, Lake Forest. 
Lake Forest, which is like Orange County, Anaheim West suburb. Lake Village? No, Lake Forest is it's an Orange County suburb. It's by like Tustin. It's between Anaheim and Irvine. There's a bunch of random little cities like Orange, Santa Ana, Tustin, Lake Forest, you know, Orange, former Orange County resident for three years. So I can tell you all about them. But anyways, um, the last A's game I went to in Anaheim was June of 2019. And I specifically remember that game because one, we went to Disneyland afterwards. That was tight. Shout out to Genia. And two, that was the day that it was announced uh, Matt Chapman became an all-star. So we were like freaking I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to be an all-star. Next at bat, home run. So my bold prediction is our game on Saturday, he's hitting a home run. That'd be badass. I would love to see that. Hell yeah. I like it. Um, Mine is going to be Jed Lowry. Jed, dude, what is the deal lately? I, I mean... You were the anchor. You're Mr. Consistency. Like, this is what you're known for. The last seven games, you're hitting 143. You only have three hits, four strikeouts. It's bad, bro. I mean, he's got he's to gotta figure it out. Because, again, like, he is so important at that two or three hole, whichever Bob decides to put him there, depending on how the rest of the hitters around him are hitting, depending on how Ramon's hitting and how Cannon's hitting. It is so important that you get it going because, like, it feels like the offense really sparks around you at least at that part of the batting order. Like, those guys near you at one, or if you're hitting second at one, or the guy hitting third, they just, like, feed off of your energy. So we need you to step it up. So I hope and expect a big week from from Jed. That's mine. And these these are the teams you're going against that, you know, this is where people break out of those slumps. Yeah, you know Seattle's been, Seattle's been no hit twice. Their rotation yeah. is not good. Uh, Anaheim, same thing. I think they're getting lucked out. They're not going to be seeing Otani. Uh, maybe they, maybe Otani's pitching Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. But like, still, these are very favorable matchups. These are the right teams to really start picking up that offense again. Yeah, Sunday and Saturdays pitchers haven't been announced for the Angels yet. So because Otani pitched possible, but he yeah he pitched this week yesterday. Thing yesterday yeah so likely we won't see him but you know we'll see um i think that's gonna do it julio yeah uh before we go make sure to please follow us on twitter like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to apple spotify leave google us a play review. youtube leave us a review make sure to give a follow to our homies around the diamond on instagram and twitter and Chris, your show's back, man. Kind of, I think. And me at breakfast? Yeah. Oh man. yeah, yeah, bro. Me, uh, me and Xavier did an episode last week. Talked about the playing matchup, which is outdated now. Um, but we will be doing another episode next week to preview the. Or we'll talk about the first weekend in the first round of the playoffs, and then preview the first round further more anyway we're gonna talk about basketball and xavier's a big WNBA fan now so he wants to talk about wa nba all the time so if you want to get into the WNBA, we did a full like 20 minute segment on it in the last episode so you can fast forward and listen to that which is really good literally xavier did a shit ton of research which we all know xavier doesn't do that he's a class act bullshitter (laughs) and he he not class act that's not work world class bullshitter 
but he gave some great breakdowns, and you know, he gave some um, really um, deep analysis of each team in WNBA. There's only 12 teams, so it's not that long. Um, so that in order for you to help you pick your favorite team, and I picked mine. I'm a Phoenix Mercury guy. That's the team I decided to follow. So go Diana Taurasi, go Skylar Diggins, go Brittany Griner. Boom. Phoenix I Well, I'm shocked you didn't go follow uh, the pride of Wanna Creek. Miss Sabrina Ionescu hit a triple-double the other day. Uh, the New York um, Liberty aren't very good besides her. She's been playing really well, but uh, Diana Trossi is like the greatest women's basketball player oh, yeah. of all time, and I love her, and Skylar Diggins is like super hot, so like I want to watch her play basketball. So, And then Brittany Griner is just a beast, and I've loved her. I didn't know she was still playing. Yeah, I've loved her since she was at Baylor, so it was she pretty was easy. She was sick at Baylor. And also, I wanted to pick a team that's relatively, like, location-wise close to me. And the Sparks, I don't know. I just, like, I think because Lakers and stuff like that, I'm just anti-Sparks. I love yeah. the the um, um, Abunike sisters, uh, Shanae Abunike and her sister. I forgot her first name. Uh, but, like, other than that, like, nah, I'm good. And then Xavier picked the Chicago Sky. Which I wanted to pick them because I love Candace Parker. Oh yeah, but but I didn't want to pick the same team as Xavier so that we could like, you know, there could be a little rivalry of us watching the season. But do you think yeah, Sabrina's I'm, an Ace fan? I hope so. I don't know. I mean, she she's a she's a huge she's Warriors a, fan. She's a Gen X. She's a Gen Xer or Gen Zer. Oh yeah. She's a Zoomer. No, she's probably a Giants fan. I guarantee she hopped on the Giants. Oh yeah. Oh well. Oh yeah. You're right. Never mind. Yeah. You're yeah. still the home girl. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah, still the homegirl. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, go subscribe and all that stuff like Julio already said. And last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. See y'all in Anaheim. Ooh, Saturday. It's on. Fuck you, Mike Trout. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, (laughs) and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.